Welcome to the Summit Seeker Podcast, where personal growth and positive change are at the heart of everything we do. Our team believes in putting people first, building strong relationships, and fostering a community of continuous learning and improvement. Join me, your host, Alec Myers, as we explore a range of topics related to personal growth, from developing better communication skills to achieving your goals and making a positive impact in the world. Whether you're just starting your personal growth journey or you're looking for fresh ideas and inspiration, this podcast is for you. So come along on this journey with us as we explore what it means to live a life of purpose, growth, and positive change. Let's make a difference in the world one step at a time. Today we're discussing two important core values that can help individuals and teams achieve greater success, fulfillment, and impact. In today's highly competitive and individualistic world, it's easy to forget the importance of collaboration, cooperation, kindness, yet, you know, time and time again, we see that the most successful and fulfilled individuals are those that are able to work together with others. Uh, Leveraging strengths, skills, achieving common goals, um, you know, they're also those who go beyond their own self-interest and make a positive impact in the world, inspiring others to do the same. So in this episode, we'll discuss the benefits of working as a true team, the importance of being a positive influence, the personal and collective impact of these core values, Um, And we'll also share examples of high achievers who embody these values and offer practical tips for cultivating them in your own life and work. So whether you're an entrepreneur, a leader, an aspiring leader, um, a high achiever, join us as we explore the power of working as a true team and strive to be a positive influence in the world. So I've got my good friend here, Scotty Agnew. And um, I, I've known Scotty. I've had the pleasure of knowing Scotty for a couple of years now. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that that I met, you know, playing hockey, being more, you know, c- kind of in the social piece. But the more I've got to know Scotty, I've, I've kind of been able to know him on a professional level as well. And I'm super excited to have Scotty here. Scotty, if you would just give a little introduction about yourself, where you come from and and uh, all that. Yeah, thanks, Alec. Um, so I'm actually from a small town in East Texas uh, by the name of Longview. However, I, I now uh, am located here in Amarillo, and I work for an energy company out here full-time. But in addition to that, I am the head coach for the Texas Tech Ice Hockey Club. Awesome, man. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's that's an awesome achievement. I mean, how, how did you kind of get into that role? Let's, let's start there. Sure. So I've been playing hockey for uh, going on 23 years now and everyone always state you're from a small town in East Texas. There's only trees there. So uh, I actually started out in roller hockey and uh, transitioned over to ice as I got a little bit older and uh, the previous head coach, uh, his name is Quentin Humphrey. He uh, he played for the state of Florida, and I was elected for uh, Team Texas. And we ended up playing against each other many years ago. I want to say it was back in 2007, 2008. And uh, he saw that I was in Amarillo, and he was the head coach, and he asked me to come into a practice 
and the rest is history. We'll kind of dig deeper into it later on in the podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, so in your mind, like what is a true team? Like you have a team and then you have a true team, <laughs> I guess, you know, what, what would you consider like a true team? What, what does a true team mean to you? A true team to me uh, as, as a coach and also uh, as a player myself is someone that has the uh, same common vision and um, a same common goal. Um, because at the end of the day, you have to work together as a team, a true team, in order to reach those goals. So your vision has to align in order to reach those uh, goals. That's good. Collaboration, having a vision right? Like having a team that has the same vision, you know, it's, have, have you ever worked with someone or put, well, so let, let, let's think of it this way. You know, have, have you ever put furniture together with someone before? Yes. <laughs> and it, it, it can either go terrible or it can go awful. <laughs> it's usually not, it's usually not a good way of putting furniture together. But it's the expectations. It's the vision of what the next step is, you know, mm -hmm. and and it's I think it's so important when you're working as a true team to cast the vision together, to have the same vision, um, you know, so you can so you can find some common ground. I mean, that's where collaboration that's where collaboration starts is is at ground zero is defining a goal, having a vision for it and and putting step one through 10 together. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about collaboration as a, you know, collaborating as a team. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it, this podcast is coming at such a timely, um, a timely phase with, uh, Texas tech hockey, uh, as there's so many moving pieces that's happening behind the closed doors right now, uh, with the program, for instance, uh, we are kind of, moving into our transitioning into our next season and having to collaborate with the president, vice president, secretary on finding um, those key pieces to our team. For instance, our social media managers, having to make sure we're all on the same page, uh, understanding this is what we need to accomplish this next year. This is kind of what our vision is going to be. This is going to be our um our tagline for next year, making sure we're all on the same page and collaborating together, having uh, weekly meetings, um, providing updates on what everyone is doing behind the closed doors, um, meeting on uh, meeting with high people in the community on um, hoping to bring ice back to Lubbock. So having to collaborate with so many stakeholders and business owners and um, just laying, laying down that foundation of our vision for the future. That's how uh, we've just been collaborating, one, with amongst each other, um, but two, also uh, with just key stakeholders and key potential investors for the uh, potential of bringing ICE back here in Lubbock. So with those collaborations, I mean, it, it, and that sounds like a lot. Like, it, I mean, Lubbock hasn't had ICE for how long? Oh my gosh, it's been over 20 something years, if I'm not mistaken. I was thinking decades. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, collaboration without cooperation 
is 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 dead you know what i mean like you can get a whole bunch of people in a room together and you know throw out ideas but if there's no compromise and cooperation then it just it just leads to a dead end so i'm sure i mean it sounds like there's so many moving parts in that you know what I mean, has, has there, has there been some compromise? I mean, kind of talk to me a little bit about friction. I mean, I'm sure not everyone, you know, when you're dealing with large groups of people and, and different departments, you know, sometimes the vision, sometimes the vision isn't cast very well. And sometimes the vision isn't really seen as it is through their lens. You know what I mean? So, I mean, has there been any kind of conflict you know, anything that you guys have kind of needed to compromise on and cooperate together with? Can you speak to that a bit? Absolutely. So I can tell you, um, when working with so many individuals, um, all of our visions, they are not going to align. And um, the great thing about that is everyone has great ideas and being able to work together on um, coming to that common goal, that ending goal is what we're really focusing on. But in order to get to that goal, we have to go through step one through and to the end. So you can't skip a step to get to that goal. And um, I guess just an example uh, I can actually use uh, for the, um, the, the ice rink, um, wanting to bring a juniors team into, uh, back into Lubbock. Well, that's not a vision of mine right now. A uh, vision of mine is focusing on getting a, a, a rink. That's that foundation. We can't focus on uh, an, another moving part before until we can get that foundation set. And um, when proposing this to, um, one, the key stakeholders, and um, two, a, a few other friends of mine that really wants to be involved, um, they pitch their ideas of why um they are focused on bringing the juniors team in. And their main focus is, well, we have to get the community behind us. Well, having that foundation, having that rink, the community is going to be behind us. So being able to work together and uh, listen to each other's side and then come into that common goal, okay, hey, Scotty's foundation, that is, he is perfectly on point with that. Once we have that ice rink established, then we can focus on that next part, which is uh, providing Lubbock with some junior hockey. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, like let's, you know, vision is good, right? Like it's good to see a vision and there's so many different, there's so many different directions that that vision can go, right? Because it's kind of this like freely moving idea, you know, this, this kind of bucket of collaboration, right? But I mean, you can't work on step 10 until you do step one. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and step one is we got to find a place for these people to go. You know, right. we got to find a place where they can even play hockey. You know, mm-hmm. we need to get some cash flow coming in and get the community behind us. We, you know, they need to know where this is even going to be before we start, you know, committing to having families take on, take on, you know, null kids. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, I, I, I definitely see, I definitely see what you're talking about. You know, conflict is, is challenging for a lot of people to deal with. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've learned is 
you can't have progress without conflict. You know what I mean? In fact, progress is the byproduct of conflict. <laughs> you know, conflict happens. There's, you know, a, a common ground that needs to be established and then solutions are made. And then, mm. and then once solutions are made, it's executed. And then that's where you get the progress. And so, you know, not everyone handles conflict the same way, you know, and a lot of people avoid conflict. Um, I mean, do you feel like, and, and I, I don't mean to put on, put you on the spot and I, I don't know how much you can or can't say about what's going on, but you know, do you feel like other people struggle with handling conflict more than others? Do you, you know, do you feel like sometimes people railroad you and they just try and dominate the conversation or, or do you feel like people are generally interested in, you know, hearing a plan of attack and, you know, maybe compromising with other things? I mean, how, how, how do you see that? You know, uh, working, every individual is different. I guess I can, uh, I want to start with that. And what I mean by that is uh, some individuals, they are headstrong. They are very opinionated and their minds are set on one thing. And if they don't get their way, then that's whenever the conflict arises. And then you have the, on the other side, you have those, um, those people that are open in, open to listening um, and uh, taking notes and uh, willing to compromise. Uh, I guess a, a really good example I'd like to share is um, from the hockey season last year, some of my players. I'm a very headstrong, hardcore, old school hockey coach. Uh, that, that's just the way I was coached. And that is the way I will continue to coach because these players are our future and they have to understand that later on in life, they're going to be coached hard. They're going to have a leader that's going to be hard and it's hard for them to compromise um, or I'm sorry, they compromise their work ethic, meaning they're not willing to work hard for a headstrong coach a hard coach, they need a soft coach. So uh, what I do is I bring everyone in and I would, I love their feedback. Am I being too hard on you? You know, and some players that are not working hard, they will not give me their feedback. But the players that are working hard, they're the ones that give me their feedback. And they're the ones that, that are like coach. We love this. We want this. This is what Texas Tech hockey has needed for the absolute longest. So, I mean, it, it, it really depends on, it depends on one, the situation and two, the person. Yeah, that I, I love, I love that what you said about getting feedback, you know, in order to grow as a leader, because there, there are few leaders out there. There are less leaders than there are followers. And a way to get a beat on what you're doing is right or wrong is reflecting, getting feedback, you know, getting someone to hold up a mirror in front of you that says, hey, you got a booger in your nose. <laughs> you know, you need to change that. Um, no, OK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, self-awareness, man, self-awareness is so important you know, with, with leading other people and working as a team, because 
you know, you, you can have some people that are hard and calloused and, you know, just drive the point home. But if you don't have that self-awareness piece on how to deliver that, then the message isn't going to be received as the way you intend it. You could have the best intentions at heart. I'm doing this for your own good. I'm doing this because you need this. I'm doing this because this is what's going to make you great. But if you don't have that self-awareness piece of what it's like to be on the other side of you, then you, you can tarnish relationships. You can undermine your influence. You know, sometimes people have that, the psychology of, well, yeah, even though I know this is good for me because of the way he said it, I'm going to do the opposite because, because <laughs> yeah, man, that was me growing up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of like text messaging, you know, you can, you can think, be thinking one thing. And then you send that text message over and that uh, receiver is receiving that text message a whole different way. They could, it could be misconstrued, I guess oh. is what I'm going to say. Yeah, man. Just on that note really quick, I think texting, messaging, emailing, that is a poor medium. If you have a crucial conversation or something that you guys need to collaborate on, Texting is not a medium for collaboration. <laughs> you need to make a phone call. People need to be able to hear you. People need to be able to kind of feel where you're coming from. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, being a positive influence in a team. Because there's some teams that are just kind of Debbie Downers. There's some team, you know, there's some teammates that will focus on the negatives. You know, woe is me. It's always my fault. I'm the victim. You know, so knowing that, you know, let's let's talk about the importance of, you know, compassion, empathy in creating a positive community in a team. So is there anything that you do specifically that kind of builds camaraderie? You know, are, are there any kind of like locker room speeches that you've given that are just like bringing the house down? <laughs> you know, like talk, talk a little bit about that, about being a positive influence for the team. Yeah, man, that this actually, it, it actually just gave me chills uh, just because everyone around me, they know me as uh, positive. I'm always positive. No matter the circumstances that you face in life, there's always something that you, that there's always something positive that you can take out of it. Uh, whether it's negative, there's something positive, truly. Uh, and after each, after each loss in the locker room, um, or I'm sorry, at the end of a period, if it, if it wasn't a strong period, and let's say we're down just one goal, all of the players, they'll come in the locker room, they'll throw their gear, they're just pissed off at the world, thinking the world is just against them. And uh, there's one specific player that really sticks out to me. Um, his name is Dimitri. And he is that positive, that positive poly, like everyone else in the locker room is ready to just call it quits and they've thrown their gloves and Dimitri is just like, Hey guys, everything's good. Like life's good. Like everything is fine. I, he, he'll go through and tell every player, Hey, you did this great. You did this great. Hey, the goalie, he's doing an outstanding job. And then just having that positive, uh, that positive energy in the locker room allows me to come in there and because the boys are already down on themselves, you know, they're already negative. They're already negative. So they need their leader, their coach, the one to let them know that, hey, I, I believe in you. 
you're doing a great job. And uh, by doing that, that allows them to know, hey, coach is proud of us. We should be proud of us, you know, uh, and just by giving uh, motivational speeches. Uh, one thing I like to use, one uh, quote I like to use is all gas, no brakes, regardless whether we're winning, whether we're losing, we're going to go out there, we're going to give them all gas and we're not going to step on the brake. And whenever I take, when I tell the boys that on the bench, I'm telling you, they start getting up on the bench, they start screaming, they start slapping their sticks, giving high fives, because that's just that energy, that's that camaraderie that the boys, they look for from me as their leader. Mm, man, that's so good. You know, energy, you know, what we say, what we say carries weight. It does. There was a study done. You can take a mason jar of rice, two different mason jars of rice, and you fill it up with a little bit of water. I think there's some other stuff in it. Um, but you put one in one area and one on another area. And one of the pieces of, you know, one bottle of rice, you give positive affirmations to like, you're so, you know, you're so fluffy and you're so delicious and you're nice and safe and you look beautiful today. You know, and, and the other one is, you know, you're, you're terrible, you're caged up, you're worthless, you can't do anything, you know, and after a while, the one that you send the negative energy to will start to mold. Mm -hmm. And, and this, and this is true. This will happen. Your, your energy that you emit carries weight and it just takes one. You know, you mentioned Dimitri. It just takes that one guy that's like, hey, it's all good. It's, you know, this is what you did great. This is what you're winning at. Let's stack these W's. We don't have, you know, we're not going to worry about what's going bad because we're too busy stacking wins. Yeah. You know, we're too busy celebrating the wins to worry about what's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the fact that you have that on your team, that's such a blessing, man, because, you know, as leaders or coaches, they hear our voice all the time. And mm -hmm. sometimes they, sometimes they can get desensitized to our voice and having these, you know, having these other leaders or sub leaders or these, you know, subculture development, you know, people that, that are in our teams, man, it just makes such a big difference because that they, they just add to it. Number one, they're edifying what you're saying as a coach, they're edifying, you know, that they're, they're focusing on the positives, right? Mm -hmm. And, and optimism, Optimism is, is the key to success. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a difference between being optimistic and delusional, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like if, if you're on fire and it's raining, you know, rocks outside and you're like, Oh, it's such a beautiful day. Like that's delusional, delusional. you know, yeah. but, but there, there is, there is so much to be said about people that are optimistic, you know, People that can focus on the optimistic piece or people that are just optimistic in general, you know, they're, they're gifted people. They mm -hmm. have less, it's not that they have less challenges or less adversity or less hurdles to go through. They just, they just don't stop as often. They don't stop and, and dwell on the man, this sucks or no, we're not doing very good or I'm just going to give up. You know what I mean? I'll tell you straight up right now, as long as you keep going, you win. As yep. long as you keep going, you win. If you quit, you lose. It doesn't matter what's right. Doesn't matter what's wrong. You can't, you can't stop. You can't, you have to keep going. 
Dude, I remember uh, this past season we were up in Dallas um, and we had just played UNT. And uh, earlier you had asked me like uh, empathy, empathy. Uh, as a coach, you have to feel just um, everyone has different emotions throughout the game of hockey. You have the crazy, excited ones. Um, you have the ones that just go out there and they're smash mouth hockey players. They just want to hit. You have the ones that are timid. And then you have the ones that um, once we are losing, they're done. And uh, I remember when we were, this past season, we were in a locker room uh, in, after the second period. And again, we were losing. I want to say it was like four to zero or five to zero. We were getting our butts handed to us. And um, it's like, what, what, can a, what can a coach say? You know, like everyone's like, oh my gosh, the coach is about to come in there and scream at us. Like, And I just went in there and was like, I understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. I do. Um, but then I take a step back and I throw it back on them and I let them know, you come to games to pick up the wins. You will win in practice. So... If you are practicing like a winner, you're already going to win at the games. So why are you upset in the locker room when the score is not going the way we want it to go if you're not going to be upset in practice? You know? And uh, and again, I am while I am saying this, I am getting super emotional with the players to let them know I am fully committed to you guys. I am passionate about this sport and I want what's best for all of you. But what I need is a 110% commitment and work ethic in practice. Mm, if you can do so that, those results will be shown at games. Yeah, you know, we, we have a saying that's kind of thrown around here, amateurs practice so they get it right, professionals practice so they don't get it wrong. Yep. You know what I mean? and take any team you know championship team number one championship teams are built on the basics of fundamentals yep. fundamentals wins championships every time you know what i mean and yep. and you know whether it's the super bowl stanley cup doesn't matter that that game is already determined before that game starts right because it starts on the ice it starts on the practice field it starts in the gym it starts when you get out of bed. It starts with your nutrition. Yep. You know, all of these things that make up a professional, make up a champion. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it does. There's, uh, man, there was a book. I can't remember what it was, but it talks about um, how Oprah, how, like, all the preparation that goes into just, you know, like a 30-minute episode. Right. And... There's so much like you are on 95% of the time for that 5% of glory, that 5% of glory, that the game where you go to perform, that's the 5% of the glory, all the other blood, sweat, pain, you know, that ha that's, that is, that's the lifestyle it takes to be a champion. And it's mm -hmm. not, a, it's, and that's not to say that being a champion is, you know, is, is, is painful or, or not painful or, or anything. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that it's a lifestyle you have to choose. If you're going to be great, you have to do things that people aren't willing to do. 
If you want to find success, you have to do what success does. Yep. You have to think like success thinks, Mm. you know? And so it creates a ripple effect, man. Like you mentioned, you know, they start high-fiving, they start banging their sticks, they start hollering. You know, that stuff's infectious. Being a positive influence and, you know, connecting with empathy, you know, those are things that are contagious, Mm-hmm. You know, and you strengthen relationships through, you know, through that positivity. People, people want to be around people that are upbeat and happy. People want to be around happy people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, for that so, energy. Yeah. Um, man. So, uh, I mean, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the challenging piece, you know, as, as there, I'm sure you're guilty of it. Cause I am too, you know, there, has there ever been times where, you know, you've been pessimistic? Like, can you think of times where you're just, I can think of not many, but I can think of, I can think of three separate occasions in my life where I was just like, you know what, this sucks. And I don't think it's going to get any better. Like, have, have you, have you ever been in, like, have you ever felt that way? I feel like that's a rhetorical question. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I love to stay positive, but let's be real. Everyone's going to be negative sometime. Uh, and uh, it, it's, in hockey, it's very hard to not be negative. Um, it's, and when I tell you it's very hard not to be negative, uh, whenever a scores are not going your way whenever you get tripped whenever there's a penalty like man this sucks the refs are against us it's not going to get any better uh and i the way i handle something like that is uh i communicate to my players i understand the refs suck i understand it's not going to get better but that is not going to that should not stop you from changing the style of play that I've coached you to do, yeah. you know? So uh, again, understanding, understanding the situation uh, and um, understanding that it's not going to change, but the only thing you can control is yourself. Yeah. And you can, if you can control yourself, then that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. That's, that's so good, man. We can't control everyone else, but we can control our attitude. You know, we kind of talked about a little bit earlier of, you know, people want to be around positive people. People like and enjoy being around people that are happy, you know? So, I mean, what do you think about, you know, how generosity can, can lead to, you know, a culture change or, you know, um, more, more of like a positive community? Like, t- talk to me a little bit about generosity. Like, are, are there are there times where you give things to to players? Are there times where you do like parties? Like, what 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 what, what are some things that you do generously that that can lead to kind of a, a positive influence? You know, Alec, that's a that's a really great uh, great question. I, I am really big on positive reinforcement, um, although I don't always do it because. Um, they signed up for the sport. That's just kind of like a plus. Um, yeah. But something I really enjoy doing is 
letting each player know they're not just a number. They truly mean something to me. They are an extended part of my family. Uh, and by, uh, by letting them know that, that allows them to work harder for you. That allows them to know that they are a valuable asset to the program. And um, one instance was we had a golf tournament that uh, we hosted out in Dallas. And no one knew this, but I asked the players to drive to Dallas in their personal cars and help out with the golf fundraiser because the money is coming back to the organization. Well, after the golf, um, after the golf scramble tournament that we hosted, I got all of the players that made time out of their schedule to attend. I got them together and I let them know, hey, we're going to play golf on my dime. I'm taking you all out. And we're going to go play golf. We're going to get to know each other. We're going we're gonna to go have fun. I want you to know that I'm a human outside of coaching. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate your contribution. You driving to Dallas and taking time out of your schedule. So you deserve something for that. Also in practice, during the drill, if I sit back and I watch the drills unfold and there's certain players that do something great. You have to pull you have to point out the good in those players because that makes everyone else around them want to do better. Mm -hmm. And if a certain player is doing the drill really good, then guess what? I'm going to point that player out. I'm going to blow my whistle and I'm going to stop the drill and I'm going to be like, "Hey Saxton, Saxton did this drill really good. Everyone let's watch Saxton. I need everyone to do the drill exactly like Saxton." That's positive reinforcement. I'm not pointing out any negatives on any any specific player. I'm pointing out that positive player so everyone else can get behind Saxton and do it, if not as good as him, better than Saxton. Yeah. Well, and that's that that's another good point is you know, when you I mean, who doesn't like to be told they're doing a good job? You right. know, like People, people love affirmations. People want to know that what they're doing is right and they want to know that they're doing a good job. And when working with a team, just like what you were saying, when you work as a team and you point out what a good job looks like, you know, that person may be operating at their ceiling. They may be redlining the engine, doing the best they can. But when you work as a team and you collaborate and they see, you know, other teammates see that affirmation, that ceiling now becomes someone else's floor. Yeah. And they and that gives them the motivation and the inspiration to do better. You know, yep. I, I, I absolutely love that. Association is very important. You know, like you taking people to to go play golf on your dime and, and spend that time, you know, outside the ice or outside the workplace. You know, pe people want to be connected. At the end of the day, people just want to feel like they're connected. And, and that's so important for a healthy culture, man. When you have a healthy culture, and we've said this before, when you have healthy culture, culture beats strategy 100% of the time. But mm -hmm. when you have both, when you have culture and strategy, man, you're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. You know, culture and strategy together, you're, you're unstoppable. You know, I think association is probably the most important thing in my like what's made me the most success what's given me the most insight and growth is the association being able to associate with people like you 
being able to associate with with other business owners and kind of figure out how they tick and what were some challenges that, you know, their hindsight can kind of be my foresight kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that association is so important. It doesn't always have to be about professionalism. It doesn't always have to be about the dollar. It doesn't always have to be about the win. You know, some, sometimes you can let yourself off the hook and just socialize. You can let yourself off the hook and connect as a human, you know, and I think, you know, the, the further we get, you know, with all this technology, I think that's something that's going to be, you know, a, a very regarded commodity in years to come. Yeah. And, you know, just to kind of um, piggyback off of the um, um, what, what you were just saying was I'm really big and I, I constantly um, let the players know you are who you surround yourself around. And that's really big. So if you want to make straight A's, you're going to hang around people that studying all the time. If you want to be a partier, you're going to hang out with partiers. If you want to be a, a, a straight A student and a solid hockey player, you're going to surround yourself around those type of people. And I, the things that I teach to my players are the same things that I practice in my daily walk, in my professional life and in my personal life which is why I'm so honored to uh, know you. Um, you're positive, uh, you play hockey, you're successful, and I believe by surrounding myself around people like you, I can learn so much from you and things that uh, in my personal life I can take, but also things that I can take back to my players as well. You know, it's all about that unity, who you surround yourself around. That's right, man, we're stronger together. You know, if, if you want to go fast, you can go by yourself. If you want to go far, we go together. Yep. You know, um, I, I'm always reminded about that, that little story of the oak seed. You know, the oak seed will grow to its environment, kind of like the goldfish. Yep. You know, if you put an oak seed in a five-gallon Home Depot bucket, you know, you're, you're going to have a six-foot plant, Maybe. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with the oak seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the environment that the seed is in that's stunning its growth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. Your environment, what you surround yourself with, the people you associate with, you will become that. Mm -hmm. If you if you hang around five millionaires, you'll become number six. If you hang around a bunch of trash, if you hang around a bunch of trash, you're going to be garbage. You know, (laughs) that's that's how (laughs) that's how it goes. So. Man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on. I, I, you know, the more I speak with you and the more I get to know you, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that I get to have you in my inner circle, man. So thank, thanks for hopping on. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So as we wrap up this episode, we hope that you've gained some insights into the importance of working as a true team, striving to be a positive influence in the world. You know, these core values can help you achieve greater success, fulfillment, and impact, both personally and professionally. You know, by collaborating with others, leveraging your strengths, going beyond your own self-interest, you can create a positive ripple effect. You know, it'll inspire others to do the same thing. As you pursue your own summit, remember to cultivate these values in your life and work. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Summit Seeker Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and share it with your friends. Until next time, keep seeking your summit.